everybody, welcome to That's What We Said, and today we have an extremely special guest. I know I say this a lot, but this time I definitely mean it. <laughs> Dr. Current Deer, he is Beverly Hills' best-known plastic surgeon, and he is amazing. He's gotten awards. He's just done an amazing job. I see his Instagram all the time, and his work is fantastic. I'm going to let him talk about a little bit more on what he does, but basically focuses on like facial plastics and rhinoplasty, anything with the with the face. Um, so welcome, Dr. Deer. Wow. With an intro like that, so I kind of feel like the podcast should be over and I should go home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Dr. Deer. I'm a facial plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Um, I specialize in everything in the face, nose, and neck. Um, I specialize in rhinoplasty. Uh, facelifts, cheek implants, jaw implants, Botox, fillers, a lot of cancer, trauma, but I don't do any body work, but it's part of uh, what we do. Um, I specialize only in the face, and uh, it's nice to be here. It's a pleasure and an honor, and yeah. I'm excited to kind of talk about everything that has to do with plastic surgery. Today. And I couldn't find a better person to talk to this about because we've, there's so many questions out there that people always have, you know, and they don't know who to go to, or they don't know, like, who to trust. And so, um, and I love your work because it's so unique. The unique thing about Dr. Deer and you are is because your work is flawless and you can't even tell anybody had anything done, right? And that's your goal is to make people look natural. Like you were born with a perfect nose or perfect jawline or you've never needed Botox or lip enhancements. And that's why I find your work so unique and I gravitate towards that because it's just, you know, like a lot of other doctors I found, like they just do what the patient wants. Um, and I feel like, you know, they, they give you what you want, but I like, you know, to seem like it's normal. Like I was born perfect. <laughs> I think that's why we're here today is to talk about this because there's so many emotions behind like why someone comes, um, to give a compliment like that, to get a compliment like that means a lot to me because ultimately what I want to show is that, you know, my patients are real people. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just celebrities or anything like that. My patients are real people. They're like yeah. me. Um, I try to get to know my patients really well and I want to know what they want. Mm -hmm. And I want them to look natural or feel natural. Or, and But, you know, showing that perfect results, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, there's yeah. always going to be something off. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't want perfection. I wish I could do it, but that's not the point of it. It's to take what people are kind of asking for to make it better and improvement. Mm -hmm. But that's the art of it. Mm -hmm. and, but at the end of the day, yeah. you know, you're still taking a human being and taking something elective and then there's a lot of issues around that, which I think is why we're here today. Yeah. It's kind of like dispel a lot of this and like at least talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of want to, I have a couple things that I want to intro about, but um, I think that you kind of have something on your mind to kind of start us out and I'd love to hear where you want to take this conversation. Yeah. Ultimately, the compliment is well uh, taken, and I want to appreciate that. Um, we do have an Instagram. I do show my results. I mm -hmm. show what I speak about. There's a science behind it. Mm -hmm. There's an art. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. I'm trying to do the best I can, but ultimately, it's good to kind of sit down with someone like you and actually take a break from this and actually talk about it. Yeah. No, and thank you for uh, for joining us and doing that. Um, so today's topic is obviously going to be about, you know, plastic surgery and the pros and cons and is it for you or is it not for you and how we perceive it in the long run. Um, so one of the big main questions I had, I guess before I get to the questions, how about we talk about how you got into plastics? That's a great question. Yeah. I think that's the best way to start because, you know, I'm the one who's doing it, so I have to kind of stand up for the positives and negatives of uh, facial plastic surgery. <laughs> um, ultimately, um, it all started back, you know, I was in Minnesota where I was born and, um, you know, I can tell you about me personally, but everyone has their own story. You know, an Indian male in Minnesota, whether it matters or not, but mm -hmm. the point was is that at 18, I did have a rhinoplasty. Mm -hmm. So I had a nose job. Mm -hmm. So every patient who comes into my it office, looks great. <laughs> like, uh, every patient you know, I come in that comes to my office, I kind of mention it because I want everyone to feel really comfortable that nothing really shocks me. Like mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. yeah. And I know that we're told to love ourselves from the inside, which we will talk about today. Mm -hmm. I know that people say, like, you know, being born with something's natural. I totally get it. There's cultural norms. There's mm -hmm. feelings. But ultimately, I did love myself, and mm -hmm. I was fine, yeah. and I did it. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was, which was really powerful, was that the world didn't change, mm -hmm. and nobody cared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And actually, I didn't change who I was, and the world wasn't any different. Did you feel more confident? Ultimately, I just took away the thing that bothered me. Okay. And yes, it probably came from somewhere, from judgment or something. We okay. can talk about that too. But yeah. the point was, it was really personal to me and it was gone. Mm 
Yeah. It's not perfect right now. If you guys see my notes, <laughs> um, I get DMs every day, multiple times. Like, hey, Dr. Deer, you're a rhinoplasty specialist. We need to get a nose job. And I'm like, oh, surprisingly, I did. Um, but the point is, is that was that the thing that bothered me is gone. Yeah. That's gone. Okay. And I'm really confident about that. I see all the negatives. I yeah. see exactly what everyone else would see. I okay. still have judgment. I'm uh-huh. still human. Yeah. But the thing that bothered me is gone. And mm-hmm. so I felt like the confidence came from me just opening doors for me. Mm-hmm. Something that I knew that was on my mind and that opened the doors. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought that was pretty confident. Yeah. It was pretty amazing for me. And is that why you got into plastics? Or was it just something that you always wanted to? Or you kind of got... Because I know sometimes when you... Like I had so much dental work done. I had braces till I was like... I don't know, 30 or something. And now I know so much about teeth and, you know, all these different things because I went through the process. Right. So I'm wondering, is that what, but I didn't become an orthodontist or anything, but I just knew a lot about teeth. It's like you do what you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess like, you know, obviously being a doctor was always a goal. I actually went through all the different fields that I wanted to go through. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I was, and I knew I was very meticulous about things and very OCD about putting things together mm-hmm. and fixing things. So I knew I wanted to be a surgeon, and then as time went on, I think I picked, you know, head and neck surgery first. I liked the face, mm-hmm. and then I loved how that felt. It made people happy if they got, you know, got hurt, trauma. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think what happens is because I had that nose, you know, background, yeah. and emotional, mm-hmm. that I was gravitated towards the nose. And the mm-hmm. nose happens to be one of the most technically, you know, challenging procedures, which mm-hmm. is something that was always enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, in St. Louis through medical school and then New York City. I trained in Mount Sinai and I uh, trained in everything in the head and neck, nose and face and had great mentors and of course got to see every culture in the world, every ethnicity in the world. Mm-hmm. It was really a great place to learn. Yeah. And then of course uh, got married and ended up in uh, <laughs> LA. So that's kind of where my history is of how I got into it. And then of course, when I moved to Los Angeles, which is one of the things I want to talk about today is with Corby is that, you know, I first landed here. I really take plastic surgery seriously because I went through it. Yeah. And I remember when I arrived, I saw a bus and it said rhinoplasty on it. Oh. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, people market it as if it's like, like a clothing thing. Yeah. yeah. I think I have the same feelings that other people do. Mm-hmm. If you make it so like kind of easy and it is for everybody like maybe it should be but I didn't mm-hmm. like the way it felt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I remember that feeling mm-hmm. and so I do kind of agree with some of the things we're going to talk about yeah. but ultimately what I did with my Instagram and my show on YouTube plastic uh, it's called with Dr. Deer is that I, I really feel that there's a there's a science behind it there's an emotion mm-hmm. behind it it's patient care mm-hmm. and there's emotions mm-hmm. as well as physical yeah and so that's what I did and um you know, it's been going well, and that's where we are today. Is yeah. why I'm here. So ultimately, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I think other, the, one of the other things I wanted to talk about is also like LA is a whole different world. Yes, it is. Right? <laughs> Minneapolis or Minnesota? Min- the same thing. Minneapolis, okay. Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, it's not this. <laughs> it's different, right? So every state has its own judgments, its own you know culture, its own thing. So when you LA is just known for plastics because yep. you have your celebrities and you have your you know perfect people here. So I wanted to kind of also talk about that as to like what are you seeing in LA that is so different? You know, like here, like you said on the bus, rhinoplasty, get it done. Yeah, everybody, you know, get it done. Um, where like you probably wouldn't see that anywhere around other states. Like you wouldn't see it in San Francisco or you wouldn't see it in you know Texas, Minneapolis, nowhere else. I don't think. I mean, plastic surgery is everywhere in every city. Yeah. It is absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just happens that LA gets the stigmata of it because we have, you know, the biggest community is okay with it, mm-hmm. which is what we're talking to a bigger community now is that LA, people are more okay with it. It's actually on buses mm-hmm. yeah. right, to do it. Yeah. So it's actually more accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the conversation happens about the bad results. Yeah. Right. If you see a scooped out nose, a ski slope, if you see a pinched nose, if you see a piggy nose, mm-hmm. if you see someone who's really, really like pulled back or mm-hmm. cheek, you know, cat cheeks or a lot of that stuff, unfortunately happens in LA, yeah. which we're going to talk about. But yeah. I think a lot of the bad results are what people feel that if you do plastic surgery, you would look that way. And mm-hmm. LA unfortunately has a lot more of those negative results. And that's mm-hmm. what most people want to talk about is the negative results, mm-hmm. but every city has it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, let's, Let's get into it. Um, so one of the biggest thing is, are you seeing an influx of surgery because of like all the social media pressures that we've seen out there and everybody wants to look like Kim Kardashian yeah. all of a sudden and you know, they want the big lips and they want the big hips, whatever, right? right. So are you seeing an influx of that, of the same type, like everybody's looking the exact same way? I think that the ultimate per- uh, 
discussion has to be like why even get plastic surgery. Yeah. So a lot of it, what I do is that I actually wait for patients to come in the door mm -hmm. and then it's a safe place to talk about it. Okay. Right? There's yeah. something on your mind and can I be there respectfully to give you what you're looking for? Mm -hmm. and I hope to like, you know, keep it respectful that way. But there is the there's other side that we get bombarded every single day mm -hmm. with beauty and what you're supposed to look like and whoever looks like this gets this. Right. And so if you come in and I want to look like this person, mm -hmm. I typically in my practice feel a little bit fearful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's a little bit scary to want to look like someone else or mm -hmm. want to do something. If you want something for yourself, mm -hmm. you're coming in. But are you going to say no to somebody that comes in and says, hey, can you give me the you know Kylie Jenner lips? See, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I often ask when we, you know, I find out why they're doing it. I get okay. to know the patient. And if I feel like, you know, they're excited about it, they want it for themselves, I do ask them what their, like, inspiration yeah. is. Because I can't make you look like that person. Right. I definitely can, like, steal some of the, why do you like it? Yeah. Why are you attracted to that lip mm -hmm. or that nose? Mm -hmm. And then we can find those angles and we can try to, like, match some of those for your face. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't think it will match, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. But to look like someone else and kind of fixate, that is unfortunately yeah. some of the problem that we see. Like, people aren't mature enough mm -hmm. or they want to look like someone and they don't like who they are. Yeah. Then we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's why a lot of people are getting plastic surgeries to look better, feel better, and to be accepted. Yeah. Right? And that's where, you know, I want to talk about like judgment and stuff. I think, like you're saying, a lot of these surgeries and are for yourself. Right. right? It's for us, for our confidence, for whatever we believe and what we want to look like. But there's so much judgment out there that, um, you know, people, and that's why, you know, people don't want to make it seem like they got surgery done or they want it to look natural because um, they know that if they got a nose job, um, they can't go, you know, out because their friends are going to be like, oh, your nose looks really different. Did you get it done? And then you kind of, I, I noticed some of my friends kind of say, oh, I had a deviated septum, so I had to get it done. But in reality, they just wanted to get it done, right? Well, I mean, I had a deviated septum. Yeah. I was going in. Might as well get it all done. Right? Yeah. So there's a reason for, like, you're doing it. You might as well do it. Right? Yeah. If like, you want it. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, I think that, like, that's actually the reason where, uh, I, I think those people who actually want to stay, like, understated, mm -hmm. and no one will know it's for me, is a safe place. Because mm -hmm. it's for them, and they just want to do it. Mm -hmm. But the fear is that someone will notice, is what protects them. That's actually normal. Mm -hmm. But, but to want to look like someone or changing your face to look like someone mm -hmm. or trying to do that, that gets a little bit on the, on the gray zone that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I'm here to talk to you about that. I know both sides. Yeah. I've had it done. Yeah. So I've gotten through it. Mm -hmm. I do do it for a living. Mm -hmm. And I want to help patients who kind of want to get through it. Mm -hmm. But I'm also always willing to talk about the stigmata that what I do is kind of elective and it could be taken badly yeah. because there are all the negatives. And yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today through our topics. And I think that that's what I really want to focus on today. So did you get a lot of judgment when you had your nose um, done? I think that it was like, it was for me. And so I think I blocked it off. If you're going to do it, mm -hmm. you kind of have to know that this is for you. Mm -hmm. And if you ask other people like, hey, mm -hmm. do you like it? And if they don't like it, you're going to hear, yeah. I told you so. Yeah. So you have to know that you're kind of doing it for yourself and it doesn't matter what other people think. Because mm -hmm. that's you what you're doing it for. Yeah. And do you think like... If you really um, care what other people are thinking, then this is not what you should be doing. I know. But I, I think it's so natural. People just judge no matter what you yeah. do, right? Either because they're not educated enough in the you know in it or um, they're just like... I, I used to have girlfriends who would make fun of these other girls that would get their eyebrows um, lasered in. Uh, there's like they laser yeah. paint them in. And they would say, oh, she got her eyebrows laser paint painted it and then like a year later they're doing it and I'm like uh hello you were just literally talking about this you know and now you're doing it so I would love to get like a psychiatrist or psychologist on the show with us <laughs> because I have a feeling that whenever I hear or I even see dms uh -huh. they judge a result or I can't believe she did this yeah I sometimes feel if they're talking to themselves yeah I, like, that's true right? like, if, like yeah. I can't believe you got your nose done but on the inside they're like I can't believe you're so confident that you would have done that because I wish I could do it, but mm -hmm. I'm so worried about the judgment. Right. So right. I sometimes wonder if they're talking to themselves. Like a and mirror. They're, and, and they're judging. Yeah. Most judgment in yeah. general, I feel, is you judging yourself yeah. first. Yeah. And that, that's a good thing. It, it's exactly true. Like sometimes when you make fun of somebody, it's your own insecurity, right? You're looking, it's like a mirror effect. You're looking at yourself. And um, I think most judgment comes from actually judging yourself. Yeah. And I think that if you feel like someone is doing something 
you picked up on it. Mm -hmm. How would you pick up on it unless you kind of knew something was on your own self? Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that there's judgment in general, I feel, is that people are usually talking to themselves. And I've seen so many people make fun of people who are bugging a rhinoplasty. And then two, three years later, they're in the office talking about it mm -hmm. secretly. Yeah. Because they feel like they kind of open the conversation to themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. what we're doing today. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like, why is it okay? I'm, I'm just speaking out loud here like why is it okay for a celebrity to get plastic surgeon but the girl next door can't or plastic surgery but the girl next door can't have plastic surgery right like it's it's, it's i think that's I think the judgment of cultures. like your family friendships uh, yeah. cultural uh city mm -hmm. um and so that's what we're i don't know yeah. i don't know the answer you know so so in your experience have you seen um addiction like people get addicted to surgery yeah so there's a couple of things that are true medical stuff that we have to talk about mm -hmm. and i think people get really afraid like you'll get addicted to it mm -hmm. or you're gonna you know start to look funny mm -hmm. i think there's a couple of things to talk about number one is just the trust that you person you go to is mm -hmm. saying no i often say no mm -hmm. i tell patients no i listen mm -hmm. But no one would. Give me an example. Um, if someone would ask me something that's really off the wall, like, you know, <laughs> if they wanted like, me to put in, like, a, you know, I want, I want this nose and it's completely like a ski slope or a pig nose that, yeah. like, is a bad result. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Not that anyone asked that, but mm -hmm. if I did get something that was off the wall, yeah. I would say no. I also feel like if someone likes what I did mm -hmm. and they want more, mm -hmm. and I feel like the more is going to make you look maybe cat-like mm -hmm. or, like, duck lip, joker lip or mm -hmm. something like that, I yeah. would say no it's not going to be in line with what I want to show. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a lot of respect that I actually say no, but I listen. Mm -hmm. Number two is there is something called body dysmorphic disorder mm -hmm. where it's it's not everyone has it. Mm -hmm. But it, what it is is people look in the mirror and it's just like anorexia. They're seeing the wrong thing. Someone who's anorexic thinks they're fat. Mm -hmm. Someone with body dysmorphic disorder thinks that they're ugly. Mm -hmm. And if they get this done, it'll be better. And if they get this done, it gets better. And they're not looking at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They're just fixated on some other problem. That's super rare. Yeah. But I do see it, mm -hmm. and, we, and we know it, and then mm -hmm. we have to deal with it. Do you, do you show them, like, um, what they would look like if they got a certain nose done that they want? And, like, look what you'd look like, but this is what I recommend. Do you so, have yeah, so, like so that's, I mean, that's computer graphics. Yeah. I'm not a computer graphics artist, so, like, I do have that capability in the office, and then we often talk about rhinoplasty and changing it. Mm -hmm. I usually don't like to do it because I promise that it's showing that patient, like, this is what you're gonna have. Yeah. I like to talk about it verbally, show yeah. pictures of a celebrity, maybe that they kind of just to get the ideas mm -hmm. because we both know what we want, mm -hmm. but you can't always match it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Side profile is very nice to do mm -hmm. with that. Front profile is very difficult, so I might do it for discussion. Mm -hmm. Do we need to build your nose, bring it down, mm -hmm. just for discussion? But in general, I don't like to do it as a marketing thing to sell it. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but uh, back to our, our, our case in point of like uh, addiction, it's really between the patient and the doctor and also like, you know, not everyone has body dysmorphic disorder, but yeah. the ones that we see negative results on that are really, you know, the mm -hmm. ones that we all talk about in the mm -hmm. media are usually because a patient does have some kind of body dysmorphic disorder, mm -hmm. but we see those things on the road all the time. Yeah. You know? You know, yeah. we see alcoholism, but that doesn't mean everyone who drinks alcohol is an alcoholic. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone who does plastic surgery is not a body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah. No, and I think, like, you know, when you look a certain way and you're happy, like, say somebody came in, they got, you know, a, a lips done, and they're like, oh, I love it. They're going to constantly keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're like, well... I don't think you should go any bigger. You know? Right. I mean, I, that's not enough sometimes that yeah. I have to explain. Like, you know, there's a 50-50 balance. There's mm -hmm. a one-third, two-third balance. You yeah. can try a little bit more. I still listen about that. Yeah. But, you know, I say I can't go any bigger than this for this reason. Mm -hmm. um, we can talk it through. There are, you know, science between art art and science. Mm -hmm. There's beauty within science. So mm -hmm. There's a reason why things balance. Um, and as long as you can try to communicate with that, we try to keep it safe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you can't keep a patient from stopping it, you say no. Mm -hmm. But, of course, in L.A., yeah, there's plenty more places to go, that's, and that's the important. Yeah, if people are, if they really want it really bad, they'll figure out a way to get it done. Um, but what, what, it, in your experience, what has um, a patient been most addicted to? Like multiple nose jobs or multiple jaw like alignments? Like what? I, I think in, in, in my practice, I only do face, so I don't want to speak for uh, my plastic surgery colleagues who do everything. But mm -hmm. I do know that you know there's. There's going to be a discussion one day you'll have with the plastic surgeon about breast surgery. Mm -hmm. How big is big enough? Mm -hmm. um, there's also liposuction, you mm -hmm. know, like thinking someone's too fat. Mm -hmm. But also there's a mommy makeover, someone who deserves, they mm -hmm. can't, 
they're working out, had kids, they want to get back into life, and mm -hmm. it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Face-wise, um, it depends on like you know the fillers, like how much to fill, how mm -hmm. much to lift, how many facelifts you're having. Mm -hmm. You know, feeling like every little sag is mm -hmm. like needs a facelift. Yeah. Um, it can be rare, but it can happen. So fillers are a problem because they're injected into the face, mm -hmm. um, and if you don't go to someone who knows where to put them, mm -hmm. they might look amorphic, mm -hmm. you know, or amorphous. Um, but I think the addiction really comes from someone who just uh, thinks that they're always ugly. Mm -hmm. And then they just keep on looking for it more and more. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's rare, but yeah. that's what gives us the stigmata. Mm -hmm. And do you, um, do you see more an influx of like women of certain ethnicities coming in for things, specific things, or men as well? Like is it a 50-50? I think that's a great question. I think being in LA, I'm maybe a little skewed from anywhere else in the country. But mm -hmm. in my practice, I think males and females are... Equal yeah. to uh, access to plastic surgery. Yeah. In my practice, about thirty percent are males, hundred percent are females. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on the surgery or the type of uh, procedure. But I think more and more males are getting it. Interestingly, I don't know if it's going to be true. There's no paper on it. Mm -hmm. But when a male starts and I can make them happy and comfortable with the idea of coming in, yeah, I actually have to tell them more no than females. Really? When males feel comfortable about something, yeah. And they feel they're in a good place, uh -huh. they go all in. Okay. Getting them is hard to start, but okay. once they get in, they'll start to ask everything. And I'm like, no. Oh, okay. So males are a little bit uh, more likely to get into it once they feel comfortable. I see, yeah. I see. So and when I you know open the me, door, it's a flood. It's, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I remember when uh, my wife got me my first pair of nice jeans. Yeah. No, I, that's, I just want more jeans. Like, yeah. I have a nice one. Those like, were wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I love fashion. You know, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, once we get started, we get into it. Okay. Males and females are very equivalent. It's just the numbers are a little bit less on the male side. But I once see. they get started, they're equivalent patient-wise. Okay. And, and do they like just get more of job? Because I saw like a lot of your Instagram photos and stuff of like the jawline and stuff and it's amazing like it just looks so great and so do men because men are supposed to have that strong jaw and stuff I don't know <laughs> well again it's like you know we look at Instagram and we see what's out there in yeah. beauty right and I, I don't know those are trends mm -hmm. or what people like or yeah. people pick up on themselves mm -hmm. so females and males are both equivalent in rhinoplasty yeah so the proper nose goes for both genders mm -hmm. Um, females will usually go towards the cheeks because they want to have contouring, they want to have the heart-shaped face, mm -hmm. uh, chin, lips. Mm -hmm. Males are usually with are jaw heavy. They want to be stronger in the jaw. Mm -hmm. It makes the, ne the neck drape. Mm -hmm. So that's where the, the male is coming more for like jaw implants, jaw fillers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are like kind of the trends between genders, mm -hmm. but in general, it's the same idea. It's facial yeah. structure and where to put the right volume. Right. Yep. And do you feel like it's um, certain ethnicities that get more nose jobs or it's everybody has uh, That's a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, I think around the country, from what I see, um, there are certain cultures that are okay with it. Mm -hmm. um, they can be very stereotypical, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what happens is when a culture is okay with it, mm -hmm. it becomes now this thing that everyone got it, I want to get it, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's probably some... Mm -hmm. kind of peer pressure that comes yeah. with it yeah. or they're just it's okay I can do it yeah um, but those cultures that do do that help other cultures feel comfortable with it in LA we have all cultures so yeah. there's, there's not one that goes more than the other they're they're everywhere they're, yeah because you know like even growing up you know our, my parents taught me like oh you should never go under a knife unless it's necessary like you're dying and you are in the hospital and you have to have surgery that's the only time you should go under a knife you shouldn't change what God gave you um, Anyone so, who's listening to this right now, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple people out there who feel that way. And yeah. I obviously have to feel that question is mm -hmm. that I'm taking someone who's completely healthy mm -hmm. and doesn't need it mm -hmm. and I'm doing something that I don't need. Yeah. And I, anyone who's hearing this, I can empathize and I can sympathize with mm -hmm. that feeling. Mm -hmm. The only argument is you're not them. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking my patient yeah. and they are actually very, very happy that I'm respecting their wishes yeah. to do it safely mm -hmm. and within respect mm -hmm. of whatever they want and whatever I feel is science and art. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I can say is that I'm taking care of my patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, that's great because I feel like um, if I had to get a nose, which I don't, but if I had to get a nose job, I would have to think so much about it. Like, do I really need it? Because I've had friends who think about it all the time, right? And um, I even have a guy friend, he's like, I really, like, he's gorgeous in every way, but he's like, I really want a nose job. And I'm like, so just get it. And he's like, no, I shouldn't. I should be happy with what I have. Because that's how we were raised in an Indian yeah. culture, right? 
or whatever culture, like I think people are just raised to love yourself no matter what God has given you. But now we have these social pressures of like, oh damn, Kim Kardashian has the perfect nose or what I want that, you know, those lips and that. And so you're, it's constantly a battle in your mind. It's like, I want it, but I shouldn't get it or should I get it, right? Yeah, I know. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. I often wonder like, if you wanted to buy the luxury car mm -hmm. and you're scared that if I buy the luxury car, people in my family might think I'm spoiled mm -hmm. or I should be happy with the, you know, whatever is considered to be, you know, economical mm -hmm. and respectful, mm -hmm. but then you buy the luxury car, should you feel shame? Yeah. I don't know. Should I don't know. I'm not here to answer that. Yeah. It, that's, it's an, it's a tough one. I think for me, like, if it makes you happy, get it done. But the reason I like your work is because nobody has to know you got it done. It only you do, right? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Then you have to find the surgeon that looks at the result that you kind of feel that you can live with, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I do natural results all the time, I think. And there's yeah. something like, you didn't do plastic enough. Right. You know, and yeah. then obviously I'm not the brand for you. Yeah. There's always a brand for everybody, right. what they want. Yeah. We're just talking about the generic idea of like, you know, this idea of like, we should love what I gave us. And it's guilt. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's guilt. It's yeah. absolutely guilt. And I remember I got my nose done and I'm sure I felt it, but I didn't have any guilt. Yeah. And then um, we have a question that we're kind of looking at, which I kind of just saw at the corner of my eye. Uh, <laughs> do I actually look at people and be like, oh my God, this is what I do to that nose. Yeah. Or this is what I do to that face. Yeah. Yeah, just like, yeah, that's one of the main questions is like, if you see a random guy or girl walking by, you're like, oh, girl, if I could do your nose, you'd look so great. <laughs> I, I, I get that asked a lot, and I, like, especially at parties, like, what would you do to my face? And like, with a drink in our hands. Like, I want to ask people, like, sometimes, like, whatever you do for a living, are you walking around and just say, like, I want to, I, I could do this for you, like, all the time? You know, I do. When I, when I have conversations with people, I always think this would be a great podcast episode. That's safe. Right? Or, but, I mean, I'm not a surgeon, so I can't be, but I can also be like, oh, you should probably get a nose job, right? Interesting. Because <laughs> I guess there's the judgment. Yeah. Like, yeah. you probably feel that someone would look better mm -hmm. if they had a nose job, mm -hmm. they would fit well. Yeah. So where does that come from? Is it your artistic sense? Or do you think that they would really look beautiful? You know, I think, I think it's, I think it's like what we see right? Like on TV and social media and stuff. And I see like all these perfect people. And then, you know, you, you, you notice people also, I guess it's, uh, yeah, it is being judgmental. I guess it's just part of who we are. Like, I'm fine with my nose. I love my nose, but I don't, I, I don't think I would ever tell someone like, Hey, you probably should get a nose job. Right. Except there are a few people. But have you I'm thought like, of it? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. So you're being so honest, Porvi. I'm looking at her <laughs> eyes right now because I'm so happy that she's admitting this because I want to, I often ask people, have you ever looked at someone's face and mm -hmm. said, if they had a nose job, mm -hmm. then something, something, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell when some, sometimes I can tell that someone has a nose job yeah. And then I get intrigued and I look at all their photos when they were younger and I'm like, oh, they definitely had a nose yeah. job, right? It doesn't make, it doesn't bother me, but I, I always like to see like how good it looks now. Yeah. It's more like just being more inquisitive than to be, I guess, judgy. But then I do have a few friends that I would think they would look gorgeous if they got their nose yeah. done because, you know. So that's a personal thing that you're in tune with. Mm -hmm. And I think that like a lot of people do have that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're so pretty, but you're being kind. Yeah. But you're kind of feeling that would be better. And I yeah. totally get that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I come in. Yeah. Um, but I want to bring up that like Owen Wilson, mm -hmm. I don't know him. Right. But he's got a character nose. Yeah. Right? He's done a great job in life. He's very confident. He's good looking. Mm -hmm. He's got a great life with it. Mm -hmm. But it's a nose that I think he would probably, even if he was here, would yeah. be like, yeah, people tell him that. Right? Yeah. But he's totally comfortable with it. Right? Yeah. It's a yeah. character nose. That's what his, yeah. His that's his persona, is. right? Yeah. So when people come to the office and you can ask all my patients, I actually get to know them and I yeah. remind them of their life. I actually ask them to give me their life mm -hmm. and I remind them, mm -hmm. look how far you've come yeah. with this nose. Yeah. So number one option is do mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. You don't need it. Mm -hmm. But if you want something, mm -hmm. here's what I would do because I do have some judgment based on my art and science. And yeah. here's what I would do. Does yeah. that match your own judgment? Mm -hmm. And if they say, yeah, then it starts. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, do I do that in public? Yeah. So here's the story. Okay. I do not. No. I think everyone is beautiful and doesn't need anything. I have, I've gotten over my judgment. I'm totally fine. But you used Until to. they come in my office. Well, because I had it. Okay. Right? So I kind of know what things I would have done. I mm -hmm. went through the process. Mm -hmm. But I'm over it now because I went through it. 
and now patients come to me. So I actually wait for patients, they see my results. Mm -hmm. When they come into my office, mm -hmm. I feel I can then be judgy because yeah. they're judging themselves. And yeah. then they're coming from my professional judgment. Okay. Yeah. So I feel very comfortable when they come. I feel it's a safe place. Let's talk about it. Okay. The reason I got here yeah. was because at least 10, 11 years ago, I remember a girl at a party uh -huh. with her husband uh -huh. came up to me uh -huh. and I was all proud of you know being who I am. I do yeah. noses. Uh -huh. And she says, well, I've always wanted to know, so what would you do to my nose? <laughs> Okay. As if it was some party trick. Yeah. And of like, course, I said, I would do one, two, this, that, that. And I saw her face. Aww. I gave her what she was asking. Yeah. I completely ruined her night. Oh, no. Can you yeah. imagine? Like, I yeah. just, like, told yeah. her the judgment from a... So, what I realized is no matter how many people, how much people judge themselves, mm -hmm. like, I don't need to be doing that anymore. Yeah. When they come to my office, I'm there to be respectful. So, me personally... I do not do that in public anymore. Do you think I don't it? even do it in my mind. Oh, you don't even think I it? I don't even do it anymore. Oh, wow. Just, that's, yeah. that's huge. Because I, if I do it and you don't, that's everything. I mean, I did it one time and I do it in my office. I do it all day long yeah. professionally. Yeah, yeah. So I do it. I'm a professional judger. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I only do it professionally. No, that's great. Yeah, I always, because, um, you know, like I was talking to a few friends who had this question and they're like, I never wanted to marry a plastic surgeon because... I was always afraid that they're always going to look at me and not feel that I'm perfect because they see perfection in right. their office, you know? And that's a huge thing. It's true because, like, if you marry a, a doctor who does breasts all day and yours are small, you're yeah. going to have that insecurity. Like, oh, shit, he, like, you <laughs> know, has... <laughs> you're giving me too much credit. First of all, the people come to my office are not perfect, yeah. right? So I'm not yeah. seeing perfection all yeah. day. If anything, I'm uh, trying to help people feel better about their imperfections. Right, yeah. So uh, if anything... You know, but I remember like that. Yeah, now, I, I don't do breasts. Um, <laughs> I do remember like in medical school, I was in, you know, I did my gynecology rotations and uh -huh. I did my plastic surgery rotations. Uh -huh. yeah, when you're a doctor, you, you, you do disconnect. You know, okay. it's anatomy and then there's sexuality. Okay. They're two different Wait, things. I've seen like doctors' wives who are like plastic surgeons and their wives are completely plastic. Yeah. So there's a different psychology there. I I think, yeah, we need to bring in my wife because I think that... Uh, I say no to her all the time because yeah. I just want to deal with her. So maybe that's why she looks so natural. Um, I think it might be the relationship that they just keep coming in and yeah. they kind of have control. Mm -hmm. They yeah. get whatever they want, whatever they want it. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. And yeah. it's that a patient care relationship. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it might be that. Um, it could be that the plastic surgeon likes that. I don't know. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, um, I think one of the stories that you had previously was like you get patients that come in your office and they don't want their husbands to know that they got anything yeah. done but then like and their husbands don't want them to get anything done because they think you know you're beautiful just the way you are I don't like all these plasticky girls you're natural blah blah but then like they go out into the world and they see all these like girls that are gorgeous because they had work done yeah. and there's a conflict now because um like as a wife or something you're like wait you want me to be this way but you're attracted to this Right. This is all you, Purvi. I'll give you the facts, and you help me understand. Okay. It. Because you're absolutely right. I think there is this idea of like, well, first of all, let's just talk about the emotions real quick. Is that okay. when a patient comes in with rhinoplasty, and they say that the family member, mom, dad, wife, brother, anyone says, "I love you the way you are, but I support you," mm -hmm. I say that's as far as your family members will ever go. Mm -hmm. Usually, they'll never say you need a nose job. That's a problem if someone tells you that because yeah. then you might be doing it for someone else. Mm -hmm. If they love you the way you are, that's actually pretty great. Mm -hmm. And that's as good as it can get. Mm -hmm. So now it's just me and the patient. Okay. No one else is making you do this but you. They support you. They don't think you need it. Mm -hmm. You want a great place to be. Mm -hmm. So that's actually where I love treating my patients yeah. is that you're doing it for you. Yeah. Now here's the other side. Okay. <laughs> the females come in, the wives come in and they say, my husband says they want only me to be natural. Mm -hmm. But then one patient told me, um, but when we walk down the street, a fake plastic girl will walk by and he'll stare. Mm -hmm. So he wants me to be natural, mm -hmm. but he's checking her out. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do it for me. And uh, Is she really doing it for her? I don't know. You right. tell me. Well, if I was married and my husband's checking out another girl, but he's telling me to be, you know, um, who I am, then I'm going to think he's not really that attracted to me. And then I'm going to get plastic surgery based on what he was looking at because I want him to be attracted to me. Even if he's saying, no, 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 I like the way you look. You look great. I'm married to you, not that. But there's always that, like, thing in the back of a girl's mind, like, 
well, what if he cheats on me with a plastic girl? What if he actually wants that but doesn't yeah, want me I, to go through that stuff, right? Yeah, and I think that's one side of looking at it, that if I'm doing it so he looks at me, mm -hmm. then that's probably you're doing it for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some failure there that's going to happen eventually. Mm -hmm. But if she's like, I always wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. He told me not to do it. Mm -hmm. But he's looking at other girls who do it, and he's really okay with it. Mm -hmm. Then therefore... I'm going to break the judgment of him thinking I'm going to do it. I want to do it for me. Yeah. And that's okay. But then there's also a risk factor because if you go in and get it done and he's like actually didn't want you to get it done, <clears throat> then that can be a relationship issue too, right? Because, yeah, he's looking at this beautiful girl um, that's all plastic, but then when um, he comes home to his wife and she's plastic too and he asked her not to get anything done and she even did it for herself, he might not be as attracted to her anymore, yeah. right? And then there's the balance. If you come home and he thinks you're pretty and didn't notice what you got done. That's true. Then I've done my job. How much, I wonder how and much I, my, I always ask my patients, yeah. like, did he notice? Yeah, I wonder. That's what my question was going to be. I, like, I think that's my biggest compliment is when they say, well, I'm back, and I, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that makes me really happy. Okay, okay. You know, that, like, you know, they didn't notice enough where I did a little bit. Mm -hmm. but they felt confident. Husband didn't notice. Mm -hmm. She felt pretty. He was attracted to her. Okay. Everyone's safe. But, but if they come back to me and they're like, they hated my lips, they uh -huh. didn't want you to talk to me anymore, then I say, you know, I'm glad you're back. Guess what? Let's dissolve it. Yeah. And uh, no harm done. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for you. And uh, call me in a couple of weeks when it's less swelling. And I hope the relationship is back and mm -hmm. intact. Yeah. But what if when you get a nose job? You can't really take it back. And you're like, mm -hmm. how, how many weeks are you... Um, like, you know, out of commission for... Uh, not, I mean, only six days with swelling and bruising. You're back to work pretty quick. You can put makeup on. Okay. And there's obviously the year of swelling and coming down and getting used to it. Okay. But those... Rhinoplasty is a different procedure. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a life-changing. That's mm -hmm. personal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The husband or wife has to be very much in tune. Mm -hmm. You can't hide that. You can't hide that. <laughs> and they have to actually kind of be on your side. That's I not... You, you don't do that secretly and come home. I know. You know, I had, um, I had a friend who was telling me a story about, like, how one of his patients went to this doctor to get, uh, I, I don't know what the procedure is called, but it's like lipo in the stomach, but they tighten the muscles to make you look like you have abs, and yes. then they have like a drainage tube or something, yes. like a little cut. And she didn't want her husband to know that, you know, she had gotten like a lipo done in her stomach, and um, and but she had that little drainage tube. But I'm always thinking like, how how do, how do people like not know because like you sleep next to each other and I'm not really sure how big this drainage tube is. I'm but... not a relationship therapist <laughs> at all and I have my own issues and trying hard in life but I gotta ask you, I gotta ask you yeah. if you're married or dating someone uh -huh. um, and they were hospitalized uh -huh. for something medical, let's say a heart or lung issue, let's just make it up, okay. don't you want your loved one to be there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that everyone knows that plastic surgery is a medical procedure. Mm -hmm. Kind of should have your loved one there. Yeah, they should be on your side because anything going to go wrong too because yeah. they're put under. And you're trying to hide. Mm -hmm. and it's not going to go well. Yeah, and and I think it all boils down to judgment, right? Like, is my husband going to judge me, or is he going to like it, or are my friends going to judge me, or? I'm not going to tell anybody I had it done. And then one day I'm just going to walk outside and people are going to yeah. be like, oh, you're They should have listened to this podcast first. They say, <laughs> yeah. talk to your loved ones. It's okay. It's okay to talk about it. And uh, there is judgment. Yeah. You have to deal with it and talk about it. And eventually if you get to the place where it's mature, mm -hmm. you know, there's people out there who are going to do the right thing for you. But if you do it in a hidden way, yeah. You know, if you, you have drinks hiddenly, you're going to be mm -hmm. an alcoholic. But yeah. if you do it openly, it's fun, mm -hmm. you know, and it's great. And mm -hmm. there's so many things in life that are mature. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things. You talk about it maturely yeah. with your loved ones and get over all the stuff we're going to talk about, that it's actually okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that if you do it hiddenly, they're going to see a drain. Yeah. They're going to see bruising. They're going to see swelling. And like you said, how do they not notice? Yeah, exactly. I would notice. They're going to have to yeah. deal with it eventually. Like, exactly. There's, yeah, black and blues. And there's just so much makeup can cover, okay? <laughs> absolutely no i i was actually talking to this guy that i was dating and we were talking about plastic surgery and things like that and he's like oh i would never date somebody who's had botox done and so i was like ever because sometimes you you know it's a matter of fact of life like one day when you're like 50 you might want to get it done right a guy or a girl i'm like what makes you not like somebody that's had botox done like what's the difference right and so he was saying how like, oh, it's too fake and they should just age naturally. 
And I'm like, yeah, you are aging naturally, but I don't think there's a problem with enhancements, right? You're not having a huge surgery or anything, and, and your face goes back to the way it was. And I think there's a lack of education around things like that, because I think, like, when, I, I, you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, with Botox, there's a lot of, like, thought of, like, oh, you'll have to always keep doing it because your face will, like, start sagging or, or wrinkling more, or... Um, if you get lip enhancements, when you um, your lips stretch, so then they get more wrinkles as you age, right? So you have to constantly keep upkeep that. So my question to you is: Is that true? Like with Botox and lip enhancements and like fillers, a do you have to keep the upkeep on it, or is, is it worse for your face as you age because now you're going against your natural aging process? I think it's a good question. So I think education is going to be the best thing to try to like dispel a lot of the things that we feel with judgment, social you know, pressures, ethnic pressures, family pressures. It's mm -hmm. just education. So before we talk about our emotions, it's just education. What is Botox? Okay. Botox is a small injection. It takes away the fine wrinkles, specifically the crow's feet, mm -hmm. which are around the eyes. The 11 lines between the brows and of course the forehead lines are horizontal. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about the negative results. That's an art thing. Mm -hmm. They give great results. You should have movement. You should look beautiful. Let's just talk about those positive patients, which is why people like it. Yeah. Uh, what it does is that it stops the movement from, as we lose uh, volume in our skin, mm -hmm. is that it won't fold and make a deep wrinkle. Mm -hmm. So it actually doesn't show the wrinkles, makes our skin look very youthful. It takes away the sweat glands too, so mm -hmm. it doesn't look all oily. Mm -hmm. And it actually looks very youthful. Mm -hmm. And in time, it actually prevents wrinkles from happening. Oh. Not that it's like preventative, but what it is is it stops the skin from keep moving mm -hmm. so you don't get that fold. Mm -hmm. So if you did someone for 10 years and someone didn't get it, like for example, there was two twins that did it for a great study mm -hmm. um, by my mentor. The one who didn't do it had wrinkles, the other one didn't because mm -hmm. it's preventative. So mm -hmm. there's a, whether or not you look at it as a positive or not, it's okay. actually preventative. And yeah. let's say after three months you don't want to do it again, mm -hmm. guess what? Mm -hmm. You're right back to normal. Yeah. There's no long-term problems. You're right back to where you were. You mm -hmm. did not cause any harm mm -hmm. and everything is okay. Do you, do you get more wrinkles? So let's just say you did your top, what is it, 11 lines? Your, if you do your 11s, which are between the brows, the horizontals, those, uh -huh. are, those are the top, the forehead. Right. So let's just say you did all those 11 and then um, a year later, you know, you come back. Do you think that there'll be more more lines, like finer lines? No, if you stop doing it, mm -hmm. no, you're right back to, if you do it for many years and stop, you're actually preventing yourself from all those years of wrinkling the skin. So you actually will be better off. Mm -hmm. It is preventative for wrinkles. So then do you, do you... But you're back to baseline to where you were, you stopped. You just delayed that, heal, that, that aging process. So you didn't so make it worse. You did not make it worse. You actually made it better mm -hmm. and you don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. Now filler. Okay, right. Oh. Then do you recommend people doing it once they start seeing those wrinkles? So that's a big question that um, when the study came out that they, it prevents wrinkles, a lot of 20-year-olds started coming to the mm -hmm. office because they want to prevent wrinkles. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they're preventative until it's necessary to be preventative. Mm -hmm. So I usually typically suggest that when you start to be bothered by them at rest, Mm -hmm. meaning a resting phase, mm -hmm. so usually typically it's late 20s, early 30s, mm -hmm. that's when you get the greatest result mm -hmm. and it's preventative. Mm -hmm. With 20 year olds, I have to talk to them for at least an hour. I know they're gonna go somewhere and get mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. If they're mature, they have the finances. I wanna you know, make sure that they spend money on education and fix their life into what they wanna be. Yeah. But if they're gonna do it anyways, then I'd rather it be me yeah. to prevent them. So it's, there's no age limit for it. Okay. But in general, I would suggest late 20s, early 30s is when you start, okay. if you want to. Mm -hmm. And you can go up to 40 and still be preventative. Mm -hmm. So there's no like quick answer when it's preventive. It's just when you see it at rest. Yeah. That's when it's So when you're starting. unhappy, then you can see it. Yeah, when you start to see it. Yeah. Because, yeah, like like you said, like I think like 18, 20-year-olds, like, oh, if I start, because I have friends who started really young. Yeah. And like, oh, maybe I should start Botox. And I'm like, dude, you're 21. Yeah. Right? Like, no. They want to prevent it. Yeah. It's actually, when you start to see it at rest and yeah. you see it, it actually improves them. Mm -hmm. So you just start then. Yeah. Because it will prevent them from getting deeper and they go away. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so you don't have to do it earlier than that. Yeah. So I think it's a huge learning point right here. It's a misconception because every time I hear about Botox, like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't get it done because it makes it worse for you. You get more wrinkles and you have to constantly keep getting, you know. Yeah, you have to constantly do it. It is temporary. Mm -hmm. It lasts three months. So it's a maintenance thing. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. But you can stop it and it's gone and everything is back to normal. But it's not, it's not necessary to get it done to... Um, 
stop you from getting worse. No. Right? It's no. you're just stopping because you don't you, you don't but, want but it. But you're just gonna go right back to the way it was. It's right. not gonna be more wrinkles or yeah. worst effects. And that's why if anyone out there like you know really judgmental about Botox or has feelings, yeah. try it once on the crowd speak for yourself mm -hmm. and you know it's temporary, try it. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that sorry, um, it typically makes you look younger in pictures because we don't smile in the mirror at ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Or when we meet people mm -hmm. and it's fun mm -hmm. and at least it's safe. Yeah. Now fillers is the other question you yeah. had about mm -hmm. stretching. So fillers are not meant to stretch skin or augment. They're supposed to suspend and be artful. Mm -hmm. So in general, fillers are placed in the face and mm -hmm. they're reversible. Mm -hmm. It means that you can put a medicine and they're gone. Mm -hmm. It's also, it dissolves on its own, it goes away. Mm -hmm. um, and so we put them in right places and it should dissolve evenly. If it doesn't, I always check my patient, like mm -hmm. you don't look unnatural to me, I'm not happy with it. Mm -hmm. Let me dissolve and start over again. Mm -hmm. So it's actually something you maintain and be safe about. Mm -hmm. It does not expand the skin. Okay. And then when it goes away, it does not sag. Or like we're give not, more wrinkles. We're not stretching <laughs> okay. the skin. It's okay. something you put in the skin that's natural. It's in our hair, nails, and it's in our joints. Mm -hmm. It's made in a syringe and mm -hmm. we inject it. Mm -hmm. It can look unnatural if placed badly. Yeah. But if it's placed correctly, it goes away. And if it doesn't, you dissolve it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does not stretch the skin or make you sag more. It's not meant to expand the skin. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a common you, misconception. But if you go to a wrong doctor and he puts like too much filler, now you have like these big ass cheeks yeah. <laughs> that are unnatural. It's that are, because you know, like when you're pregnant and your stomach stretches, you get stretch marks after it depletes, right? I know our face doesn't create stretch marks, but the concept is still there. Like, oh, when you blow up a balloon and it goes back, it's going to yeah. wrinkle. It's going to feel loosey. And, you know. So the, the thing is, well, you know, I can teach anyone to put a filler in the face. Mm -hmm. It's where you put it mm -hmm. to make it look artful. Mm -hmm. So if you put it in the wrong place, you can look really funny. Mm -hmm. But the, And they, they just look funny for having volume. If you get punched in the face, you look funny. Yeah. You're swollen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you look swollen in the wrong place. Okay. But it doesn't stretch the skin or it doesn't like do anything that's going to make you, you just have to dissolve it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot of these patients we're talking about probably have facial implants that are done wrong Well, does facial implants cause any of that? Um, they do elevate the skin and they do that, but they're reversible. You can pull them out, but that has something more with expansion. But then your skin does get like... That can happen. Right? It can if done wrongly. Oh, okay. And I do a lot of facial implants. That's a different conversation. Yeah. That's for patients who don't have the structure of their face mm -hmm. and they need some bony work to help suspend their face to make them look more natural. Mm -hmm. um, that's different. Mm -hmm. um, but that is meant to expand the skin or make it look mm -hmm. structured. And that's mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Different conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the lips, like when you get lip enhancements? Those go away. The, uh, the funny lips are because they're placed wrongly. The duh, oh, duck yeah. lip, the joker lip, the fish lip. Those are reasons why you look like that. Mm -hmm. I try to maintain those not mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I use a cannula. I use very minimal you know, ports of entry. Mm -hmm. But my own patients, I follow up every three months. And if it starts to look bad because you can move, Mm -hmm. The filler can move. Mm -hmm. You dissolve it. Mm -hmm. You start over again. Mm -hmm. But it will not leave any kind of expansion. So you won't get like more wrinkles around your lips or like, um, you know, uh, because it is kind of filling what you yeah. don't have with more collagen, right? Or well, the treatment for those lines is filler. Oh. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. So when you, if a 50-year-old comes in, you put a little filler to expand the skin a little bit to take the wrinkles. So yeah. it's not going to cause it. Okay, okay. And yeah. then the last question, I, I don't know why I forgot to bring this up, but yeah. like, would this be the same conversation? It's a question to you, Okay. Me. If someone wanted to get their hair colored because they were gray. I think... Because I wouldn't look natural. Mm -hmm. I should age naturally. Mm -hmm. I have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. People might think I'm younger than I am. Mm -hmm. Can I ask yes. you, like, if that's equivalent in the question? So, or am I being a little bit too... No. Yeah, no, Cheeky. so no, so for me, before I started dyeing my hair, and my sister can attest to this, I had the hardest time dyeing my hair because I didn't want to take away from my natural color because I had jet black Indian hair. And the, the conception was like, if I start dyeing my hair, I have to do the upkeep, I'll get grays, because right? I had no grays when I was... We're told that as Indians, by the way. <laughs> if you mess with your hair, yeah. you'll get grays, you'll ruin your hair. Yeah. I, I heard that from my own mom. When I wanted to do blonde highlights in like colors. Yeah, so I don't know how much of that is true. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I do have more grays, but I don't know if it's my aging or what. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, because the longest time, like, I I wasn't happy with myself. I just looked like, it, this is going to come out really bad, you guys, but this is how I felt. It's my own thing. But I felt too Indian. Interesting. Right? Like, and I didn't want to be 
the jet black hair and the you know darker skin and the typical Indian look, right? I want it to be a little Americanized look, right? I mean, you are born here. Yeah, well, raised here. I've been here my whole life. I was born in India. Okay, but, but you're raised here. Yeah. And the point is, you're living in a world that is mixed. And yeah. You wanna and do and people you and people were attracted to this Americanized Indian look, right? Like the the pretty dyed hair and the you know perfect noses and the lips and just like there's there's a look. And that, where, did, where did that come from? Did it come from TV? Did it come from social media? Did it come from the celebrities? Or is well, it just what you liked? It's just I think a lot of it. I think it's the outside world making you feel a certain way, right? Like, I used to get told, like, oh, you're so Indian-y looking. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? But then when I saw myself, I was like, that's true. Maybe it's because I have such dark hair and, you know. So then um, a few years ago, I decided to go mentally say, okay, you know, you know what? I'm just going to change my hair color. It'll go back to the way it was. You know, eventually my roots will grow out and it'll be black again. I'm just going to try it. And so I started dyeing my hair and I loved it. I loved the way it looked, right? It was different. I looked different. And I would see pictures before and after, and I never looked terrible before. But for me, I was a complete, like, different person. I looked, you know, more Americanized because there was, you know, whatever that means. But um, so I think it was a mental process for me, too, because we were raised in a culture where you don't change anything about yourself. And if you do, there's a bad reaction to it, right? Or you're going to get grazed. If you change your face, then you're going to sag. Or your nose is going to be bad when you're older. If you get a nose job, like all those things were in our back of our mind. So when we're going in for these surgeries or these big changes, you're, it's always in the back of your mind, like, what is the negative effect? And that also has to do with education, right? So again, I don't know if my hair turned gray because of me dyeing it. But I, I felt better about it. So I think when it, um, when, when it comes to like surgery it's a, or fillers or messing with your face, it's a little bit more of a thought process because, A, like how is it going to affect me? How are people going to judge me? Yeah, and I think that the, it was great to watch her react to like her hair color because it's something that's almost more accepted. Yeah. But it was emotional. You, mm -hmm. It came out of the story. There was a reason why <laughs> yeah. you did it. Um, you went back. I saw her eyes actually go back into her head to think about the past. <laughs> Um, and I saw her be okay with it, and I think that's what I was trying to get at. That like most people would have heard your hair color thing and be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. But there is a thought process. There's mm -hmm. people out here who are listening that maybe think against plastic surgery, which I'm understanding. But you probably have a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. my culture and in my family, I mean, I still have dreams about wanting it and had to go through it, and I didn't do it. But now I'm okay with it. Did as you get it? No, I didn't. But I'm what did actually, you want? I don't know. I think I just stopped myself. I think the you know? biggest thing is like I'm, getting I'm willing something. to think about it. Yeah. And I'm willing to, even my wife and I think maybe we should go together. But what if your kids want it now? That's a thing. I'm going to listen to a podcast with Purvi and a tattoo artist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, is it maybe education? Because I think with tattoos, the difference outside of like, you know, rhinoplasty and stuff is that it's on there forever. And you so have to love it. Huh? So exactly. Nice. So fillers and stuff, yeah, that stuff goes away. But rhinoplasty, those are forever. I, I think we talked to a tattoo artist who did it every day. I think what it is is that I'm here mm -hmm. in stance of a tattoo artist, mm -hmm. a hairstylist, or yeah. colorist. Yeah. I'm here to take if the person that you were, yeah. this artist inside of me, that I wanted to look a certain way and present myself, mm -hmm. and I liked it for me, and mm -hmm. whatever reason you got it, mm -hmm. but you had someone who could do it respectfully. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I don't know. The reason, but you liked it. Yeah. So and I'm here for those people who have an art artistry inside of them that they want to do something. Mm -hmm. And tattoos are art, mm -hmm. self-expression, hair color, self-expression. Yeah. A nose that fits their internal self-image is self-expression. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, for me, sir, I think now face plastic surgery is the new normal. It is. I think people are getting it done, whether they tell you or not, whether you you know you're gonna judge them or not. I think it's the new normal, right? Um, if you're mentally prepared to get, you know, I think we have to put all our biases behind. Be educated yeah. is a huge thing. Just like you said, like now I think people go get Botox because they're going to say, oh, okay, it doesn't make it worse. I was um, under the impression for all these years that I'm going to get more and more wrinkles, you know. Um, so people might be, you know, it's all education. It's, you know, mentally preparing like, okay, I'm going to go in for a nose job, but it's not because you know, anything else, because I want to feel better. Yeah. Yes, it is a forever kind of a deal. Maybe. Maybe a forever. I mean, yeah. I don't know. But... And um, this continues on for everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I should think about, I don't do breasts, but I can only imagine, I don't understand the science or the feelings behind breast surgery because I don't do it. Yeah. Um, I do connect with faces. But I can only imagine that there's a big stigma of uh, breast implants. Are you doing it for men? 
mm-hmm. doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then I wonder if you don't have breasts and your clothes don't fit the way other girls have nice clothes, they want to wear the dress that they wear, mm-hmm. maybe they want to do it just to be curvy, to yeah. be feminine, to mm-hmm. be those things. And that's what they want to present themselves as. Yeah. I can completely imagine. Yeah. And but then you have the other side of girls who are putting in triple D's or whatever, and it looks ridiculous and it becomes comic book. Mm-hmm. I can totally get that mm-hmm. side too. And that's yeah. why this conversation is super difficult for me because I know there's patients out there, people out there listening, is that like, I know what they're saying, but it's still wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> it, it, it's, I think it's wrong on if you think it's wrong, right? Like, it, some, like look at Dolly Parton. She went, what? triple D's or whatever and she was happy with herself she's confident she's and loves herself yeah and I love her for it she's an artist yeah she's and, she, herself. and so many people said so she was probably the first one to get breasts that large and people were like oh my god it's like probably unhealthy how she's sleeping how she's walking whatever right it's her life it's her life she and she you know she dealt with it the way she wanted to and she's not even a real blonde maybe I mean I don't know yeah, she colored her hair I, mean, I don't but know she looks amazing I'm right? just saying, like, why does it matter yeah if people and I think it's also maybe a little jealousy Maybe Judgment, a little which ju- usually about yourself. Yeah, yeah, and not being educated about it, and I think people care too much about what other people do because I feel like maybe inside they want a maybe they want to be that person or b they don't know how to be that person, right? They're like if you if they want rhinoplasty, but they all they have they have all these things in their head like oh no you should love yourself for who you are blah blah blah, but then you're making fun of someone you know who got it done. You're just not happy with yourself, right? And I love, I, I think that it's really special the time we live in, and you'd ask me how about my children. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say, like, I think that they're really in a lucky time in their life that mm-hmm. they can actually like different things without the judgment that comes around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start with music. Mm-hmm. My kids listen to rap all day long. <laughs> I wasn't growing up with it because my parents had a judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you listen to this music, you're like this. And yeah. My kids listen to rap, and they, they sing well. They, they have lyrics. They're good at words now and yeah. rhyming. I love that. My kids, um, they skateboard. Mm-hmm. Back when I grew up in Minnesota, back in you know eighties. Oh really? Anyone who skateboarded, I didn't skateboard, but anyone did. My parents had judgment because mm-hmm. they were punks, so they yeah. were quote unquote. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was such a beautiful art. I mm-hmm. wanted to watch it, but like I couldn't do it, or yeah, yeah. I wasn't. There's a stereotype it, behind right? everything. Yeah, right? and my yeah. kids now do it. Yeah. So I think that that's what they're living the best time. That I feel like they can do anything they want without judgment. But mm-hmm. think about it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you like skateboarding? Mm-hmm. do it do you like tattoos make sure it means something yeah right <laughs> yeah. like right yeah. so i think it's a if you want a rhinoplasty own it yeah and so i think it's a really special time mm-hmm. that they have and that's why i hope that education will help that and and i think in our generation the millennial generation it's more accepted i think when we were younger in our parents generation altering your body was not even an option i know religious right. or whatever yeah it was. And they're like, oh, why would you do that? And I mean, I think celebrities in their old days maybe got it done, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is right now. Or a secret. Yeah. And the technology is so much better now too, right? So um, even if you get something done, people won't even know half the time, right? Um, if it's good work, they if won't it's, know. <laughs> if, if you do it by Dr. Dare. Yeah, exactly. They there's no know. judgment if they don't know. If they know, there's judgment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So I, I think like, but we... Our generation has to get through those biases that our parents put in our mind, you know, and those judgments that they put in our mind. Our kids will probably see it all the time, and it will be like a new normal for them, right? They see it on social media, and um, they'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. So-and-so got, you know, peck implants. I can get peck implants if they can do it, right? They're not going to care anymore. Um, I, at least I think the millennials won't any care anymore. Our generation still kind of cares. Um, yeah, and then the, and people's argument is that you should love yourself, but then they do it, they judge, they're judging the person who did it. Yeah. So isn't that kind of like a, a double standard, I feel, mm-hmm. that you're trying to say, love yourself, I love everyone, I'm, and then someone does something and you're hating on them. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of like a ununderstanding way of... But they consider them fake. Like, oh, they're fake, yeah. they're not real, they weren't really born with that nose. Who cares? Let me ask you that. I mean, yeah. what is fake? I think fake speaking from a woman's perspective is somebody who alters their you know appearance uh differently from like what you know god had given them or what their features from their parents and their you know um the gene pool has given them right so i think fake is like i i i would think the definition of fake is like being unreal to yourself or to you know um 
to the way you uh, look right. and are perceived, right? But you have done stuff, have you? I haven't gotten those jobs. I have had Botox. Is that fake? Um, to my listeners, maybe, right? But for me, I, I you know, like, um, I think I got it done um, a few times because when I started putting on makeup, I can feel the caking in my lines, yeah. and I just hated the way it looked. So I was like, okay, let me see, like, um, and I have a lot of friends who've done it, so they, um, they're like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's quick, and it helps with, you know, the the caking in the line. So I got it done, and I really liked it. And right. I, I didn't cake anymore, and my photos look better. Um, but people might think, you know, that's like, oh, that's not your natural face. Right. You know? <laughs> but do you feel fake? I don't feel fake. Yeah, and I had a nose job. Yeah. I don't feel fake. But it's, I think... But I can being, see how someone mm-hmm. would bring that up. And, mm-hmm. I, and I get that. And that's why this conversation is super difficult. Because mm-hmm. every person has judgment. Mm-hmm. Every person has a stopping point mm-hmm. on natural. Mm-hmm. And that's different for every person. Mm-hmm. And then it's whether or not you've done something... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you, you know, and I think that if you got your hair colored, mm-hmm. someone could argue that you're fake. That's true. Yeah. If you have a tattoo, you've ruined your body. Yeah. If you put makeup on, when you you're walk fake. out in public, you're fake. Yeah. I don't want my wife to wear makeup. Like, yeah. I've heard that sometimes. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know. Yeah, like, they want a natural face. They want, you know. And and I, I feel like there's more judgment on a woman to woman than a woman to man. Or man to yeah. woman. Men definitely have a little bit of a... Leniency, a leniency there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, a, a crooked male is, looks manly and he has a history of being tough or something. And yeah. a female with a nose is crooked. It's like, oh my God. And that's a double standard. That's yeah. for a different conversation. Yeah. that is really sad. It, it is. And I, and I think that sucks because if a girl goes in and gets a nose job and a guy goes in and gets a nose job, she's going to get ridiculed more by her friends, right? I don't know. I, I feel like women... More females get them, so I don't know mm-hmm. if that's, you know, I think there are probably more quantity yeah. of people probably judging, but there's a lot of women who come together in groups and yeah. do it and supportive of each other yeah. and so happy for them. I yeah. see groups come all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Friends come in at three at a time and then one at a time mm-hmm. each and then they're just so happy for each other. Yeah. And then there's something to do it secretly. So mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. I think more women get it done, so mm-hmm. you probably hear it both sides. Because I think, like, like you're saying, I think... For men, it's like, oh, the bigger, big Punjabi nose means that you're manly and you have a big Punjabi nose. There's, it's great to have it. You don't want a dainty nose because it's going to, uh, you know, make you less masculine. And you want a woman who's like, has a dainty nose, like a cute little nose. And she, you don't want her to have like the big Punjabi nose because it's like, you know, it's it's looked down upon. And that is, where does that come from? I, got, I succumb to it. Like I succumb to that facial, that, that yeah. judgment, that uh, social. Co- I don't know. I don't know where this comes from. Because back in the day, that big curve was yeah. a royal nose. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. People interacted and actually got married to that nose because it meant that they were higher status, yeah. right? Yeah. So back then they had a judgment on features. Yeah. And then now we're in this new generation where we're trying <laughs> to take it away because you know yeah, Instagram. Why? My Instagram model that I follow has a straight nose. Yeah. So it's very funny. It's very trend oriented too. It is. I don't know. So if you had, we're coming up on time here, but if you had um, something you want to tell our listeners, we can always come back to these questions and have you back on. Um, well, there was a common question that uh, we have to say because Mona interjected, so I have to give Mona respect. What okay. was her question? Because I feel this is for you, Mona. Her question was, if you, when you look at somebody, would you, um, oh. would you know exactly? like? So when I look at someone, if I think they should get something, yeah. well, I already answered that, but Mona, you specifically, I have looked at you and you mean nothing. <laughs> you are absolutely I, I have, amazing. I have different opinion on this. Oh, man, but you're not a professional. <laughs> you're a sister. <laughs> See, you give her judgment. <laughs> I, I will always judge her. <laughs> so all facial plastic surgery starts from sister's judgment. Yeah, she, she needs a full-on face. So I guess to finalize, I just want to thank for being here and for your listeners. And um, I hope I give a, you know an honest background to both sides. For everyone out there, if you are thinking about this and it's a serious thing and you're listening for something serious, I want you to know that there is a respect to facial plastic surgery and plastic surgery. Um, we are trained in this and we do care. And we want to, I personally want to listen to patients and make sure that I always follow up on their exercise, on their relationships how they're interacting with their loved ones because that means I've done a better job because I don't want to ruin your life. Um, I only want to enhance it by confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone out there who is on the fence and just listening because it's fun, um, I agree with you. Judgment, bad results, 
it looks funny. It's not fake. And sorry, it's fake. But I hope that you know that the conversation is that there's two sides to everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm fake sitting in front of you. <laughs> I'm fake in other ways too. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So yeah, um, you ended. Uh, yeah, you thank say? you so much for being on here. Um, we learned a lot. I learned a lot actually. I didn't realize that Botox and fillers and all those judgments I had about those things were actually. I always thought they so were really. You were bad. judging yourself. I was judging time. myself. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate the education. And, you know, I do want you to come back. I think maybe next time we'll do, like, a fire chat or we'll have people on um, to ask questions. Yeah. I would love that. And if you guys want to do comments for Puerto Rico, but one of my ideas would be, like, do we bring a psychologist on yeah. and talk about body dysmorphic disorder, something that maybe I don't have that much experience with because I don't deal with that. Mm -hmm. We could talk to, you know, whatever you feel that can kind of go with this conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe even, like, you know, cultural experts and, you know, wear yeah. trends and things. But I would love to come back if you'd have me. Yeah, and, I think having a fun panel would be great. Right. Yeah. But thank you again. Um, Dr. Deer, he's on Instagram. His Insta is and at Deer Plastic Surgery. So D H I R Plastic Surgery. Did you hear that, guys? Front door is open. <laughs> so at Deer Plastic Surgery, D H I R Plastic Surgery. Yep. And um, follow him. His work is amazing. Trust me, it's amazing. Um, but again, thank you for, for talking to us and educating us. Thank this you. was a lot of fun. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye.